Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. And so one of the people that you talk about that I don't know that I would have read his biography because I didn't understand, but you, you, through you, the second episode I've listened to was the biography of Jay-Z. Yeah. And you talked about him and the mindsets that he has had and has for success. Will you comment on that? Because that's fascinating to me. So I grew up, there's a context there because, um, first of all, I, I read books on all kinds of people, but also people that I just happen to be interested in. And Jay-Z is one of them because I grew up listening to hip hop. I still listen to a lot of hip hop to this day. I feel that hip hop is by far the most entrepreneurial like former music, right? Because if you look at where a lot of these people came from, they had no access to education. They had no access to money. They're dropped in this world with everything against them. And yet they figure out how to work their way through it. And so when I tell people, oh, it's, it's very obvious to me, if you study JC, that he's a genius. And people are like, oh, what are you talking about? He's just like, you got famous and you got lucky. And like, you know, you just got lucky. And then I guess these billions of dollars that he has just somehow wound up in his bank account by accident. (laughs) And it's like, no, like go and look at his, again, going to the early days, right? He's the the youngest of four children. Uh, His dad, like it's one thing if you don't have a dad and you never know, right? He knew his dad up until the age of 11 and then his dad leaves. Like I have memories when I'm 11. Right. Like you probably still have memories when you're 11. And so then he's realized like my dad left, like the person that I idolize, he's disappeared out of my life. I'm living in the Marcy projects in Brooklyn. Right. My mom's trying to raise four of us by herself uh, everywhere on the corner. The only option I have is either to play basketball or to sell drugs. And then all of a sudden there's this new industry that's popping up around him and it's rapping. And so he comes across, there's a great story in the book where he comes across what's called a cipher. And a cipher is like a group of people on a circle. And there's either one or two people in the center of the circle rapping and trying to keep their attention. Right. And it's like a a free form of entertainment if you don't have a lot of money. And this is where there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of points that you have to point point on these books. It's like they make calculation. I say it's a calculation based on arrogance and I'll get there in one second. So the first thought is, wow, this is what JC's thinking as a young kid. Wow. I think he might've been 16. I don't know how old he is, but he's like, wow. First thing is, that's cool. Second thing is, I could do that. He ha- mm-hmm. Belief comes before ability. There is no reason for Jay-Z to think within five minutes of seeing somebody else rap that, okay, one, that's cool. And two, I could be just as good as that person. It is a calculation based on arrogance. And that arrogance is used as almost like a fuel before the entire, nobody else in the world at that point thinks Jay-Z could do it, but Jay-Z does. And so if he has that belief, then he goes about building on that belief. And then once you believe that you could do something, then you spend your time not only getting good at it. And we'll talk about his practice habits in a minute, but also convincing other people to share your belief. That's the exact same thing a person building a new product has to do. It's the exact same thing an executive sitting inside a company is, Hey, I have an idea. I have a team. I need to rally. You have to share this belief. And so what does Jay-Z do? Something that's super important. And you'll see it over and over again in all these books. He starts practicing. So he says, from the time I wake up, you got no job. He's never had a job in his life. Never. Like he made all his jobs. That's how he is a businessman. He is a businessman. Exactly. But he had, he's like, never went and he's like, he didn't have a job. He went and actually like had to make him for stuff. So he wakes up and he just practices and he practices until he goes to sleep. And his, there's a, I was just listening to his album, the black album that came out in like 2003 and his mom's on the album. 
And she's like, he used to drive us nuts because he'd be in the kitchen, just banging on the kitchen table all day long, rapping all day long, rapping, boom, boom, boom. And then wow. she's like, I wanted to keep him close to me because I was scared he was going to get involved in all this drugs, drug dealing and everything else, which he wound up doing anyways. And so I bought him a boom box because that was, that was a form of love from his mom. It's like, Hey, you're into this thing. You're really good at it. Let me try to help you. Instead of just remember they have, they don't barely have any money. He's making his own beats with his hands, his hands. That's how much he loves it. And then now his mom through sacrifice of, you know, moms are obviously the greatest saying, Hey, take this boom box. And then he does it so much as his sisters in the house. Like, why'd you do this? Mom? This is crazy. Stop. Yeah. yeah. But Jay-Z just so advanced. Like I have videos saved on my phone of he, most people, if they wanted to be a rapper, right. Still like the first 10 years of the industry, they go around trying to get signed by other record labels. Jay-Z's 26 years old. He starts his own. He's like, no one else needs to sign me. I'll do this myself. And if I start my own record label, which is unheard of at the time for a rapper, not only can I promote myself, but I own my music. And then when somebody, and that's, that's where all the ownership comes from now. That was a huge recognition too, because the, the um, people have been taken advantage of by the people that own their music for the entire history of the music business. And that ties us to why, what brought you and I together. How did Jay-Z know that? Because he read a book called Hitman, where it talks about the exec rate, the, the, the executives in the music industry completely screwing over all of the artists. And he's like, that's not going to, so he's reading a book of history, a biography of somebody that's doing what he does. And he picks up an idea from that book that changes his life. That is the entire purpose of founders podcast right there, because that happens over and over and over again, the power of one idea. And you never know where it's going to come from, but it's going to get into your brain. That changes everything. So he's like, okay, I'm not gonna get screwed over by these guys. I'm smart. I can hustle. That's what he talks about. Starts his own record company, says, hey, we're going to own everything. Right now, we have to sign a distribu distribution deal. I think it was with Def Jam, but we're coming after that 20% too. And then what happens? It's a, This is why I say, like, then you say, okay, he's successful at that. Then he starts signing other people. Then the, 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 because of technology, the landscape changes, right? So it's like, okay, we used to sell CDs and albums. Now it's a digital revolution. So his whole thing is like, when I was 26 and we're selling CDs, what is the entrepreneurial uh, move here? start your own record label, right? Now you fast forward 15 years. Now we have Apple Music. We have, you know, uh, Shopify, uh, Spotify. Yep. So, so what does he go out and do? He goes and buys a streaming service, rebrands it and owns it himself. And then he raps about it. He's like, I came into this game independent. Uh, he goes, title, my own record label, same difference. He's telling you, most people don't even fucking understand what I'm doing. The exact same thought process. Why as a 26 year old, 96, I thought, Hey, I got to own my own record label. That's the same idea that now as a 45 year old man, that's why I'm owning my own streaming service. And what happens? He does that streaming service for a while and then he just flips it. And Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, I think buys it for like three or $400 million. Tell me that guy's not a genius. Then he does this over and over again. He just, he starts, he's like, I'm rapping about Cristal in my, uh, which is like a champagne brand or whatever, or some kind of alcohol brand. I don't actually drink that much, so I don't know. I think it's but champagne. He, I think yeah. it's champagne. So I'm, I'm rapping about it. As a result, people hear my rap, so they go buy it. Why am I pu puffing up Cristal? He, so he goes by Ace of Spade, which he then sells 50% of to Bernard Alnott and Louis Vuitton, like the, the founder, the, not the founder, but the CEO of LVMH. And he, there's another couple hundred million dollars. Then he sells his touring career uh, to Live Nation for, I think, 150 or 250 million dollars. How many multi hundred million dollar deals does this guy have to do before you realize this isn't an accident? And why aren't you taking the time to read his book? Because he's going to lay out exactly how he thinks about it. And all you have to do is pick it up. And I think it's episode 239. And I make it even easier. First of all, listen to, I think it's episode 239. Listen to Decoded is the name of uh, the podcast I did on the book. So maybe listen for an hour, learn something from that. Like, oh, that's interesting. So then I'll read, then for 15 or 20 bucks, I could pick up this whole book 
that lays out all the shit this guy had to go through and all the stuff he learned. I can read it in a weekend and then make that knowledge mine. That is powerful. One of my favorite quotes about re reading is that reading is not a chore. Reading is theft. Somebody's way smarter than you spent their entire mm -hmm. life bumping their head up against the wall and they wrote it down in a book and that knowledge can be yours. Right there. And you talked about autobiographies are typically someone at the end of their life who has nothing left to prove is yeah. writing, writing a book about the lessons they learned so that people one, two, five, 50 and a hundred years from now can learn the lessons that they did. Yeah. I mean, how awesome is that? And they only do it because entrepreneurs love entrepreneurs. So like, let me give you an example. There, there's the craziest, one of the craziest stories I've ever read is this guy this is the founder of Ikea, the furniture. His name is Ingvar Kamprad. He starts working on the idea for Ikea at like 14. He works on it till he's like 80, right? And all along the way, it's like at the time, there's some kind of weird ownership structure, but let's set that aside for now. It is most likely the most valuable private company in the world owned by one person. Now he's got all kind of weird ways to hold on to it, whatever. But for all intents and purposes, he still owns it, even if like they put stuff in trust and all the other stuff. Right, it, right. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, he's like, he says in that book, it's called Leading by Design, the Ikea story. And he, uh, he says in that book, um, he's like, listen, for decades, people are like, write a biography, like tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. Every time all the co-authors said this to me, I said, no, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. And then the, the, the persuasive thing he said, he goes, you've learned stuff. He's like, essentially you're laying out a blueprint for the future generations of entrepreneurs for everything you know, and they could benefit from your experience. And he says, okay, got it. Sam Walton, same reason. One of the you know most famous autobiographies ever written by an entrepreneur. It's called made in America. Same thing. He knows he's dying. He's got cancer everywhere. He's in terrible health and he's spending, he knows the ends and he like, he could see the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And even after he could see the end, he spends his very valuable time, the most precious time you could ever have, because you know, it's, you see that it's literally coming to an end right down the, right down the road. Right. He spends that time writing down everything he learned, building Walmart and over his entire career to benefit the future generations of entrepreneurs. Why is that important? Because a decade later, a young 30 year old Jeff Bezos picks up that book and is like, obsessed with Sam Walton's story, starts applying Sam Walton's uh, uh, extreme adherence to frugality and his bias for action to the beginning of Amazon, right? So much so that in Jeff's own biography, he's going around handing, first of all, he makes all the executives in Amazon read the book, but then he's going to people's houses and giving them uh, the, the Sam Walton autobiography as a gift with personal annotations by Jeff Bezos. Imagine what that would be worth today, right? And wow. so what are the value? We always talk about the value of an idea. Yes, execution is way more important, right? But the ideas that Jeff Bezos put in his brain from Sam Walton's book, and Jeff's a learning machine, so he learned from everybody. So not just Sam Walton, but Sam Walton's, uh, the ideas that Jeff got from Sam, how much would that be? Well, you know what that is? Charlie Munger has a great quote in his book, Poor Charlie Almanac. And he says, there's ideas worth billions in a $30 history book. And that is why Charlie Munger's read hundreds of biographies. That's why Jeff Bezos reads hundreds of biographies. That's why Steve Jobs talks about all the biographies he's read. If you want to get to the top of your profession, read biographies. Now, obviously, that's not, that can't be the only thing you do. Just take care of your health. <laughs> Make sure you're working all the time, like uh, on your craft. Spend time with your family. Do you have some fun? But when you're not doing those things, read biographies. Thanks for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast. If you haven't already, please take one minute to write a quick review for the show. It really does make a huge difference. Also, subscribe to the show and please forward this episode to somebody else who needs to hear it. As a bonus for listening, I'm going to give you access to a free mini course, Seven Expensive Sales Mistakes You're Making and What You Can Do About It. Go to www.7salesmistakes.com and get access to the free mini course. That's the number 7salesmistakes.com. 
Thanks again for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast.